From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty and Perenni Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Derek Frost. With me is your also host, co-host. We haven't figured out titles yet. Tony Peretti. Well, that's got to come with a raise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's gonna come with you know whatever you got last year. Add on ten percent. So we uh we are have week one in the books, Tony. We are going into week number two, and uh, we had a hell of a week one. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of high scoring action out there. So uh, the offenses showed up week one. Uh, seems like each game we're scrolling through here, he had somebody put up uh, almost 130 plus points. Only one I can see where some where some the team didn't hit that. So it's a pretty big showing for week one. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know, without without much further ado, we have a special guest in studio, Tony. We don't normally have guests in studio, but I have to tell you. As we as we're upgrading our podcast to have to have the Frosty and Perenni podcast, we also have a new studio. So previously we were recording. I was recording in my uh, my second bedroom slash office uh, in my little uh, retirement community condo. Uh, but now I have a garage space that I have dubbed the Frosty Pub and Cigar Lounge. And with me in the Frosty Pub and Cigar Lounge is intern Dave. Question, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. <clears throat> I was holding in that throat clear the whole time, just because I knew you could cut it out. I didn't want to interrupt you guys at all. I'm just like in my own head over here, like, okay, don't. It's a shared mic. Don't cough. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm very honored to be here. Actually, in the studio. Usually, I, I see my corner actually over on the other side of the garage where I, I usually do my work, right behind the coat rack. Um, but you allowed me out for the evening and I'm, I'm very honored to be sitting on the couch. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, Tony brought up his race earlier. And so Tony is getting a race, unfortunately for you, Dave and Vince, you know, Hey, um, COVID's hard times, our advertisers are down. So, uh, we're gonna have to go ahead with the pay freezes this year, but, uh, you know, we'll see how you do. And then next year we'll reevaluate. You know, this, this isn't the first time I've heard that um but you know as far as i'm concerned we're in this together all right well then let's go on together to our super cold open segment which where we will recap the last week's games and chat about what happened and so we'll start with you tony leading scorer of the week Pretoria FC beats Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge 162.1 to 121.6. And Tony, you had a hot open with Calvin Ridley 33.9 points, Lamar Jackson 27.5, Alvin Kamara 23.7. 
and it's not like Thurber didn't put up a good week there at 121. Cam Newton gave him 25.7. Will Fuller, one of my Notre Dame guys, 19.2. Uh, but Tony just came out on fire. How did that feel? Ah, I felt good. This is back-to-back years where I'm sitting in this spot having uh, put up high score for the for the week, I believe. So uh, it's, I can't get too high because I remember what happened last year, rolling off five straight losses. But it's definitely a good place to start, especially when you don't, don't have Miles Sanders in my lineup yet, who is my RB2. Um, huge start for Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, in that Thursday night game against Houston. Kind of seemed like he could uh, – he probably could have rolled up another 50 to 100 yards if they really kept running him. And he, he left some opportunities out there on the goal line, too. Uh, ran and ran on, on the goal line probably five or six times. and got stuffed every time. That usually tends to have some positive regression throughout the year. So definitely encouraged by my squad so far and hoping they can avoid the injury bug moving forward. Uh, looking at, at Charlie's team here, you know, we, we kind of questioned some of the running back stuff going into the week. You know, with the issues with uh, Ronald Jones and DeAndre Swift with some extra competition coming in there. So he ended up having to go away from both of them, go to Kareem Hunt and Sony Michelle. Uh, Hunt gave him 12.1. Sony Michelle fails to hit double digits there. And then he has to deal with a Michael Thomas injury early in that uh, that game against the Bucks. And it looks like Thomas is going to be out a couple of weeks here. So that's, that's a guy he spent a lot of money on to keep. So he's getting hit with injuries and some adversity early. Going to be interesting to see how he responds to it. Next up, Tony, we have two guys that I ridiculed last week pretty well for their for their team names. The first is Kalen King, who prior to game time had updated his name. He is now Bob's Roethlisberger, uh, which I think is, uh, is, a, is a good name. Uh, and then Steve Groover, who was Fresh Prince of Hilaire, even though <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire was owned by Tony. Uh, is now Inspector Space Time, and I have to tell you guys, I don't, I don't know what that reference is. Do either of you know Inspector Space Time? I do not. I got nothing. Oh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. All right, well, let's go to the Google machine and see what Inspector Space Time is. Oh, it's from Community. Okay, the show Community. So, well, Steve, good, good name, bud. <laughs> Good effort, Steve. <laughs> We're going to expect another uh, team name change well, here. I'll tell you, Steve. Steve's name performed about as well as his team did as he lost 144.46 to 97.5. Uh, and Steve just taken a whooping from Kalen. Uh, so Kalen gets big production out of Jacobs, 35.9 points. Ezekiel Elliott, who I was a little critical of how much money he spent, 27.7 and the namesake Ben Roethlisberger 22. Steve had good production from Devonte Adams at 41.6, uh, Pre- Dak Prescott 17.6, and then Saquon Barkley 12.6 points, and that is a a really concerning score for Saquon. As we look through his roster, it is just terrible <laughs> how how few points he scored vikings d gave him negative nine uh joe mixon gives him six dj moore gives him nine mark ingram gives him just shy of three i mean his kicker outperforms his running back i mean it's just a terrible showing for steve Kalen king on the other hand 
uh, had fairly solid showing for most of his roster. Nick Chubb, only 5.6, and Seahawks defense, a zero. But otherwise, uh, you know, Kalen performing pretty well there. Tony, what do you think? Well, I think this just goes to show you what's in a name there, Derek. Uh, Kalen made us wait on the name, but uh, the extra time ended up paying off with his Bob's Roethlisberger's, and then he just goes in and just flatlines Steve week one. He didn't even get any points from his defense. He puts up 144 points. Uh, Josh Jacobs puts up 35.9, gets in the end zone three different times. Kelsey does Kelsey stuff. Uh, DK Metcalf puts up almost 20. Uh, just a great showing for Kalen coming in. And, uh, you know, after after last year's collapse, he really needed a showing like this to start the season with. So this is this is big news for him. And I, I'm sure it feels good coming in and beating somebody like Steve, who has uh, been a force in this league for a long time. Because uh, looking at Steve's, Steve's team here, um, it was tough sledding for Saquon Barkley against that Pittsburgh defense. I believe he had like six yards rushing in the game. Uh, Joe Mixon also couldn't really get going against the Chargers. He had some rough matchups. Uh, Devontae Adams uh, tried to uh, make up for the rest of the team's output himself with 41.6 points. But, you know, Mark Ingram didn't really get a whole lot of run against the Browns. And uh, really, the the Ravens didn't have to run the ball too much against the Browns because they couldn't cover anybody. So they just threw the whole game. Uh, Kenny Galladay is on his bench and hurt. So that that's something that could be worth watching for the next couple weeks. You know, just a really, really tough uh, performance for his squad to start the season there. So he's got to hope this is just chalked up to early season jitters and these guys are going to put it back together next week and he can trust in his talent. But, you know, if you see a couple weeks of this, he might be in a position where he has to make some moves. And this is a spot where uh, where Steve hasn't been in a while. So might be worth changing his name again for next week to, to change up, change, change up. <laughs> change up things a little bit and maybe he goes for 13 names in 13 weeks i don't know what do you think i don't think steve is smart enough to pull off 13 names in 13 weeks um especially if they're all going to be as terrible as the names that he's had like (laughs) if we think about these are the two best names he's had so far this is this is terrible you know if we look at Devontae adams so he has 41 points which is an unbelievable game let's say he has a good game and gets 20 we're talking about Steve with like 77, you know, 76 points for this week. And that is just not a position that, that Steve has really ever been in in this league. And I don't know. I mean, Tony, is this just a bad game or is this something that we are going to look forward to just ridiculing Steve the rest <laughs> of the year? As much as I would love to ridicule Steve every single week for his team, uh, just looking at his team here, I, I think there's a lot of talent there that just didn't show up. I mean, we're I don't want to get too into uh, next week, but Joe Mixon gets to face the Browns this week. That's typically a get-right game for a lot of fantasy players. Uh, Devontae Adams faces the Lions. You know, that, that should be a pretty good matchup. So I think he's got some matchups in there moving forward, and I think he's got good enough players that, you know, he should at least get, close to his projections most weeks. Um, but this this is a tough one to swallow. Kind of, he, he put uh, the Vikings there in his defense and special teams. This is um, a peculiar move when you have a receiver on the other team going against them because it tends to, you know, somebody's not getting their points that week. So it's a, it's a rough one for him. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he trusts the Vikings defense again next week going against the Colts because 
Man, it's tough to come back from a minus nine in opening week. Moving on here, we're going to uh, Dave Peschen's team. Uh, so Dave, also a team that did not have an updated name, goes with the Little Sebastians. Can you want to tell us about that name there, Dave? Sure, absolutely. So I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan. Uh, I actually had quite a long list of uh, potential team names. Uh, kind of took a survey with a few people familiar with the league to get uh, uh, a little bit of that push in a direction because I was having a hard time uh, deciding on the Little Sebastians. I also considered the Green Bay Todd Packers. Um, also, even the uh, EBDB BNB, just to you know, take a shot at Steve because <laughs> it still sticks with the sitcom sitcom theme. Uh, Mr. Feeney's Weenies from Boy Meets World, of course, and uh, a few other references there to uh, like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, Cheddar's better. I was a, a potential name. Uh, I put a lot of effort, uh, probably more effort into picking my team name than uh, than the draft prep, but it seems to have worked out for me. And that it did. Dave winning over Kevin Hulix jumped the chart 151.2 to 120.8. Dave getting great production out of Christian McCaffrey at 28.7. Julio Jones, 24.7. DeAndre Hopkins, now in that uh, Falcon uniform, 29.1. And a pretty solid showing throughout. On the other side, Kevin got good production from Russell Wilson at 31.8. Derrick Henry was respectable at 16. Chris Godwin, uh, only 14 there. Julian Edelman with Cam Newton thrown to him now, 13. And that Pittsburgh defense gives him 10. So not a bad showing out of Kevin. We saw him on that big win streak to close out the year. I have a feeling, Tony, if, if things keep going this way, you know, we did not change schedules from last year. So Kevin very well may find himself in a position where he's scoring good points but goes up against great teams in that early part and may find himself trailing again as, he, as we approach playoffs. But uh, Dave, how did that feel to get that win week one? Uh, it, it was great, and you know, it's no secret that I'm I'm running a pretty thin team. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, you put your money on your starters. You gotta bank on them staying healthy. I'm crossing my fingers and, and hoping that I can consistently put up good numbers. Um, I was I was watching the leading scores throughout the the weekend, and I knew I was competing with Tony for the the top score of the week. Uh, unfortunately, I came up a little bit short there, but even going up a good opponent like Kevin, and and I still think, you know, 120 is a pretty good score. I think he kind of ran into this a lot last year where he was going up against guys that were putting up big numbers and, and as consistent as he was playing his team, he just couldn't catch a break. So I, just looking at some of the scores, he would have beat uh, a lot of the other teams out there. Um, so I'm glad to get this one over Kevin. I'm, I'm pretty sure last year he served me my first loss. And then the two of us kind of battled around at the bottom for a while before resurrecting towards the end of the season. So it, it's nice to start off with a win. I'm sure everybody would agree with that. And hopefully I can uh, keep a little bit of a streak going. Tony, what was your take on this game? 
Yeah, this one felt a little bit different from Kevin's side uh, than last year's games did. You look at it, uh, Russell Wilson puts up almost 32 points, but everybody else outside of the Steelers' defense and the kicker fails to hit their projections. Well, I guess Edelman technically did within point one, but you know he had a lot of guys that uh, ended up getting in the end zone and salvaged their days for him. DJ Chark had three catches and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, three catches and a touchdown. Uh, Godwin did never really got going. The Bucks offense, um, it really looked a little out of sync for a first game, which is understandable, especially going up against a good defense uh, like the Saints. And James Conner gets injured again, deja vu, in the, in the first half of that game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but 120 points, despite all that, is still pretty respectable there. So he finishes a little bit under his projection, but... Just uh, too much firepower from Dave's team here. You know his his draft strategy is always to go uh, stars and scrubs, and it pays off big time for him here in Week One. Uh, Julio Jones puts up twenty four point seven. DeAndre Hopkins, and we we questioned quite a bit last week how that connection was going to be with Kyler Murray right out of the gates with uh, no preseason action, no uh, no real uh, action in the tra- in training camp to uh, see him against live defenses and. Uh, he hit the ground running, 29.1 points. Uh, McCaffrey does what he does all the time. And then Chris Carson gets really involved in the passing game and gets two receiving touchdowns. So great effort there by Dave's team. And I'm, I'm sure he feels a lot better starting the season like this. Uh, I, I think you started off with a couple of losses last year, didn't you, Dave? Oh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question for Dave? I think you started off with a couple of losses last year, didn't you, Dave? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I went 0-2 to start off. I think by week three I had a had a win. Uh, it's very possible I'm confusing that with one of the other leagues that I'm in. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned to Derek off mic that unlike you, Tony, I don't really remember any of my teams, let alone all of them. And, and remembering the record is... A little bit more difficult too. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I know I was, I was below 500 for the bulk of the season, and then I, I might have went on like a four-game streak, five-game streak towards the end there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think I usually start off with a win, but neither do the Browns, and you know this is their year. <laughs> True story. <laughs> All right, moving on here. Tim Taft's Chris Hogan's Heroes spoils the ring ceremony for Vince Gorgonzola's Scott's Tots with a victory 143.9 to 121.4. Tim getting great production out of Josh Allen with 28 points and Raheem Mostert with 25. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with just shy of 25. Uh, the rest of his team puts up a decent showing outside of Cooper Cup, only puts up eight points, but enough to take Scott's tots. Uh, Patrick Mahomes puts up 20.4 in that Thursday night game. Austin Eckler, less than 10. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., only five. Adam Thielen shows up with th- uh, 31, but George Kittle, only 9.3. So not a great showing from Vince, not a terrible showing. But 121, not enough to beat Tim Taft, who comes out with a really strong score week one. Uh, Tony, what was your uh, what was your analysis here? 
Well, this is a huge start for Tim here. I think he's last couple of years, he's struggled getting out of the gates and has really put together some low scoring efforts in, in early games in the season. It tends to put him in a hole pretty fast. So he's got to be really encouraged with how his team came out here. Week one, you know, get a great game from Josh Allen, 28 points. Aaron Jones puts up 17. Gurley puts up uh, just slightly under his projection, 13.7. Juju comes back with a, with Ben throwing him the ball again, gets in the end zone twice. I mean, just a really good effort all the way around uh, for Tim's team. And uh, even if you look at the bench, he had some points on the bench there too. He could have swapped in. And uh, with the defending champ, um, just couldn't muster up the same amount of firepower as he did last year. You know, Odell Beckham never really gets going against the Ravens there. Uh, Austin Eckler never really gets involved in the passing game the way you expected him to against Cincy. So that'd be something to watch looking forward because that's something you definitely expected of him coming into the season. Kittle got banged up a little bit earlier in that game. I believe he continued playing, but I'm not sure how much it affected him. And I know he was he was kind of agonizing going into the game over whether to play A.J. Brown or Melvin Gordon in his flex. Ends up making the wrong decision, but it uh, didn't end up really mattering at the end of the day with how many points Tim put up. So just a, a great game by Chris Hogan's heroes to start the season. And uh, Scott's tots looking a little sad there to start. Finally, in our last game, Mike Inchenthrone shows up in his very first showing under team Bonnie McMurray, beating Tyler Kerr's Save by LaBelle 129-97.4. to Unfortunately, Tyler finds himself in a similar position he did most of last year, and that is lowest score. Only by about .1 points was he lower than Steve, but still lowest score nonetheless. Mike has wonderful showing by Deshaun Watson, Dalvin Cook, and Mark Andrews, all above 20 points. And overall, he had a little bit of a rough start from Antonio Gibson with only 6.4. T.Y. Hilton underperforms with 9.3. Otherwise, his team looked pretty good, most at or exceeding expectations. On the other side there, Tyler gets a pretty good showing out of Matt Ryan with 23.9. David Johnson, 19.9. His namesake, Le'Veon Bell, only 6.6. So overall, Gronk doesn't put up like he was thought to. Leonard Fournette doesn't put up like he was supposed to. And the 49ers defense doesn't put up like it was thought to. Uh, John Brown on on the bench gets 19. And Darius Slayton gets 28. So I'm sure Ty's kicking himself a bit there uh, for for opportunities missed. But great to see Mike Ingenthrone getting a win on his very first showing. And uh, unfortunately for Ty, in very familiar territory. Give me a sec, my Chrome crashed. Ah. Getting the scoreboard back up. So, Dave was like, I gotta pee. I'm gonna pee my pants. I'm like, well, just go. I like Tony and I can wrap up the rest of the games. And then you're like, you asked a question to Dave, and it was like, oh, hang, hang on, come back, come back. <laughs> oh, perfect timing. <laughs> he already had his headphone out and everything. <laughs> so welcome to the league for Mike Engine Throne here and Bonnie McMurray. 
a big 129-point showing there, uh, slightly under his projection, but he was projected for quite a bit. He was projected to be the leading scorer of the week, so gets 20 points from Deshaun Watson, gets 21 from Dalvin Cook. Mark Andrews contributes a couple of touchdowns against the Browns. It was pretty predictable there with the way they cover tight ends, and he just gets pretty good showings from everybody there. Nobody really lays a complete egg. Antonio Gibson maybe had some trouble getting going early in his first game as a rookie, but um, really good showing for him in his first game in the uh, Emmy given Sunday league. And on the other side of the docket, it's the same story for, for Ty's team, uh, new name, same old team. Uh, Matt Ryan puts up 24, David Johnson gets 20, but you know, just not enough there. Probably put too much trust in Gronk coming in uh, after having not played in over a year. He only puts up three points. Leonard Fournette puts up also three points. Um, just can't overcome that many low showings like that. So he only gets 97 points. It's familiar territory for Ty. And got to hope that he can find some method to get himself out of this so he doesn't end up having to be back-to-back ACT test taker. Yeah, and at this point, are you are you worried about Ty, or do you think he's this is just a, a one game, don't read too much into it? I am always worried about Ty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a – we were kind of making the jokes at B-dubs that night that if, if uh, this was uh, – 2018 or 2017 his team would be pretty freaking good but it's unfortunately 2020 and a lot of these guys are not what they were back then you know Le'Veon Bell just got put on injured reserve today so you're not gonna be seeing him for a couple weeks Uh, David Johnson is pretty injury prone himself also he had a good showing in week one and got a lot of volume so as long as he can stay on the field I feel pretty good about him Uh, but Amari Cooper tends to be kind of matchup dependent, especially with them adding C.D. Lamb in the draft now. There's a there's few more mouths to feed there in that Dallas offense. And uh, I, I don't know how he's going to be able to trust Gronk there in his starting tight end spot. I know you love him, Derek, but um, that is a muddled up situation there at tight end for the Bucks, And I really don't know how you can expect what you're going to see from them on a week-to-week basis. Well, and I think I think it's important to point out, or I guess I find it important to point out, you know, my my love of Gronk is is the specimen that is Gronk. But, you know, if you look at his production over the last couple of years, obviously last year he's out of football, which is is good from an injury standpoint, but not good from a there's nothing quite like playing the game to be in shape for the game. So we know that Gronk isn't or is at least going to take a little more time to get season ready and not having an off season is going to really hurt that add on the fact you're in a new system and your quarterback who is Tom Brady. So I'd say this with a grain of salt is also in a new system. So everybody's learning and you didn't have the full training camp. You didn't have the full preseason to really get some of these early season kinks out. So I'm going to kind of hold judgment on Gronk, but I don't think his upside is all that high. And as much as I love seeing Gronk on a roster and I love seeing him back on the field, I think if I were a fantasy coach at this point, I probably would have steered clear for the most part, unless I could have gotten a, a real discount for him just because he's not the only show out there in new England. 
and everything is brand new. It's going to take a little while to really uh, to, to get up to speed. Now, the other side of that argument is that we saw this league and nobody ran away with it until later. So he has some time, that is Tyler, has some time and he can take some early losses, but he know, he's going to have to come back from that. And I, I just I don't think his roster is good enough top to bottom to do that. So I definitely think he's going to be, you know, a bubble team probably at best. I think that's his upside. And then his downside is anywhere from being an absolute shoo-in to take the ACT again. So, um, Ty, if you're listening, I would really start doing some research into the waiver wire and hope that uh, some of these other players start uh, underproducing when they play you uh, rather than hitting their projections. Uh, And Tony, I think that will do it here for our super cold open, super cold open, a reference to one of our favorite shows, Letter Kenny. Uh, Make sure you check that season two episode, episode called super cold open. You can catch it on Hulu. Awesome. They don't sponsor us. I just love the show. Got a little free advertising. <laughs> Can we should we send out a promo code in case anybody hears about Hulu on this show and like wants to send us some some money? You know what? Yeah, uh, Hulu. Listen, um, we're gonna we'll get our people in contact with your people to set up a uh, a referral service here, a referral bonus to our podcast, so we can afford some uh, nicer studio equipment, so Dave and I don't have to share a microphone awkwardly. Uh, so we'll, we'll get that going. So stay tuned for a Hulu promo code in the near future. Hey, listeners, tell them that you heard about just on the Frosty and Perini podcast and put in the promo code Frosty, and it will probably get rejected. Just be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like if enough people do that, then Hulu will be like, hey, what is this? What is this Frosty? And they'll start listening to any podcast that has Frosty in it. And they'll come across ours in this episode and hear about it and be like, oh, yeah, we should we should definitely do this. So, yeah, do that. Uh, get the rejection and then don't buy the Hulu, because when they when they come to us, then we want you to go and and buy the Hulu. I think that's how Hulu works. You just buy the Hulu uh, and then and we'll get the money for it. So that's that's how we're going to do this. Save that four dollars a month. And uh, just just wait for us to get this through, and uh, you get it for even cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably like three seventy five is my guess. At least. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, hang tight on on that. But I'm sure you can YouTube it. Uh, Letter Kenny, super cold open. Uh, it's phenomenal. Watch the show. All right. Um, I think with that, let's uh, let's take a break here. And we'll listen to our sponsors. We do have a couple sponsors still. They aren't as jacked up about this sitcom thing. They're afraid of, you know, some licensing issues, whatever. They like Fortune 500 a lot better. But, hey, we're going to get them back. Uh, so make sure you listen and, uh, you know, support support our sponsors. And we'll catch you on, on the other side. Are you sick and tired of getting your ass kicked all the time? I know some members of our league can relate. Well, what you need is to stop being a nerd and come on down to Cobra Kai, the premier karate dojo in greater Los Angeles. At Cobra Kai, Sensei Johnny Lawrence will teach you to be badass and become a martial arts warrior by teaching you the three commands of karate. 
Strike first, strike hard, and show no mercy. This isn't your sappy run-of-the-mill dojo where you paint fences and trim trees and shit. This is full-blown hand-to-hand and feet-to-face contact that will ensure that nobody messes with you again. Feel free to stop on in and disrupt a session while announcing you heard about them on the Frosty and Perenny podcast, and you'll receive 50% off your first two weeks of classes and an autographed 8x10 photo of Dojo founder John Kreese holding a sweet machine gun. And before you know it, you'll be raising that trophy at the All-Valley Karate Championships in December. The first-place trophy, that is. No flimsy second-place trophy. Because second place is defeat, and defeat does not exist in this dojo. So you know what to do. Stop being a wuss and start being badass. Cobra Kai never dies. So much fan mail about my amazing segment, and thankfully, it was mostly positive. There was some guy named Jose that kept writing in, calling me dumb, but, I mean, hey, that's what you should expect when you make it big. I'd like to take a different approach this year to the ACT prep, because as much as I liked reviewing almost exclusively math questions, uh, it, it didn't really seem to help Tyler out while he was taking the test. And while I, I doubt my math review was the sole reason he didn't break the 30 score, a tiny part of me thinks it might have played a factor. So instead of addressing those radio-friendly practice questions, the new format will focus more on the information you need to know to be successful. And I'm talking the subsections of the test, the test within the test. We'll jump into what a gerund is, all the different participles or whatever, you know, the difference between algebra and geometry, how to read a chart, the whole nine yards. This will inevitably boost our sales in these trying times. Uh, Speaking of, I'd like to address some of the difficulty we're facing these days. COVID's really impacted a lot of us, even here at the ABCs of the ACTs. For example, instead of taking a test in the comfort of a bar or pub, you might be required to lie in uncomfortable positions on the floor of a friend's house. And hell, there might even be issues with the internet. Lastly, unfortunately, I I don't have the time to really discuss the topic today, but I do have some news from the ACT organization. And believe it or not, this is real news. Effective this month, September of 2020, students taking the ACT will be allowed to retake individual sections of the test instead of retaking the entire test. I'm not joking, this is legitimate, you can look it up. I I confirmed it with several sources uh, and I honestly don't know how I feel about it. I I have mixed feelings. It'd probably be great if I was a high school student, but part of the struggle was going through the entire test. As far as the impact on our league, I'm happy to announce to Tyler, if you'd like to retake the math portion of the test, at any time i'm sure we can absolutely accommodate that well guys uh i look forward to continuing your education in the coming weeks thanks for listening to this season opener of the abcs of the acts welcome back now we have on the normally the frosty hotline but hell he's in studio uh you know with Dave Peshin here. And so Dave, you've had a quite an eventful off season and uh and COVID time. 
So uh, what's going on? Uh, what's going on in the life of intern Dave Pesci nowadays? Well, was besides working really hard for the for the podcast. Oh yeah, guys. Besides working really hard for the podcast, uh, <laughs> I've been lucky enough to have a, a just a tiny, tiny bit of personal life outside of it. Um, you know, the other jobs that pay the bill uh, have uh, kept me at home, working from home, um, which for some reason, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend Megan decided was the perfect time to get a dog. So... I've got a six-month-old puppy that weighs almost as much as I do, and uh, <laughs> and I get to spend all day with him. Pros and cons, for sure. But uh, Otto is the new addition to the Pestian family. And so, what type of dog is Otto? He's a Newfoundland, so uh, massive worker dog. Pull sleds and shit, I don't know, in Canada or something like that. Yeah. It, it, something along those lines. They're supposed to be great in water and swim. Uh, Megan's gone through several sizes of kiddie pools that he refuses to get into. <laughs> Just yesterday, she said, maybe we should get the sprinkler out. I go, no, that means I get the sprinkler out. <clears throat> and I put the sprinkler back. And Otto doesn't go in the sprinkler. And it's just, he's supposed to love water. For uh, a water-loving dog, he, uh, he he's not very entertained by pools right now. But maybe when he gets a little bit bigger. How big do we expect Otto to get? Uh, his dad was... <clears throat> his, his dad was 140 pounds. Uh, he got... He got snipped at an early age, so I don't think he'll reach that. But I, I fully expect him to get over 120. I would say he's sitting at 70 pounds now, uh, six and a half months. So he's a he's a beefy boy, but I'm a fan of big dogs. Um, and I say that now at 70 pounds. Ask me when he gets to 120, <laughs> and I'll let you know what I think. How'd you guys land on a dog that big when you guys were talking through it? So I, I think both of us were, I'm, I, I'm, I've just always been a fan of big dogs. Uh, I want something that I can lay on top of, uh, what I want to. And, uh, and so we narrowed it down to a few different breeds that we were interested in. Newfoundlands were one of them. Um, like the, uh, St. Bernard, Bernice mountain dogs, all like what they literally call the giant breeds. And, uh, you know, Megan approached me and said, Hey, we both want to get a dog. This is probably the best opportunity for us to get one. So what do you say? Well, actually she sold it as a cat first. I'll be honest. She kept sending me pictures of dogs and said, what do you think of this cat? (laughs) As of, I don't know, three weeks ago, she keeps saying, we should get another cat. <laughs> and it's out of the question right now. I'm not saying it won't happen eventually. Tony, you know what I'm talking about. But as of right now, I'm sticking with one cat. Uh, and so I told her, okay, well, you find them, send me options, 
thinking that it would take her some time for some reason. Uh, I think she stopped working immediately once I gave her the go ahead. And we found one, uh, there, there were several of them that were, you know, within driving distance that we were considering. She sent me an ad for one that uh, was literally right outside our neighborhood. That there was like a, just a breeder down the street pretty much. Uh, and and I said, all right, well, let's like, give her a call and see if, if they've got any left. They had one left, which was auto. And out of the pictures, he had the best coat for sure. So, I mean, it's probably a little biased, but still, yeah, we were interested. And as soon as we got there, I realized, like, I'm invested. I can't get her out of this driveway, her being my girlfriend, Megan, uh, without that dog. Because it's in her <laughs> arms right now, and, and we're committed. Yeah, it's and, over. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, he's uh, he's been a great addition. Definitely keeps you on your toes. He uh, still having some trouble realizing that I'm, you know, the the alpha dog in the house. He's already surpassed Megan for sure. Like, <laughs> as far as he's concerned, <laughs> he's fighting for control between me and him. He's trying to figure out who's really in control. Uh, and, uh, and and Megan's just an onlooker, but she she plays the the part very well. And, and they get along great uh, as far as uh, Otto and I. Sometimes we butt heads a bit, but he's, uh, he's shaping up to be a good dog. And we'll have to get him around some of the other frosty dogs, frosty and prunny dogs floating around. Yeah. So, Dave, as we look at your team here, who who's the guy that you came out of the draft and you, like, I'm really glad I got him because he's going to be a difference maker on my team. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is Julio Jones because I I haven't had a great receiver uh, for the last year and a half, I suppose. Uh, I put a lot of stock in Antonio Brown, and he paid off for my team uh, for a couple years. Uh, as of recently, he hasn't really done too much in the NFL, unfortunately. And um, and last year, I, I felt like that was really a uh, a gap in my roster that needed to be filled. And I just wanted to. I, I, I we've mentioned it before. I like to go for the for the stars. I like to go for the big time players. I'm not afraid to spend a decent chunk of money. I knew having uh, Christian McCaffrey on my team that I had the running back slot filled and I thought I got great value out of Chris Carson. Um, and I, I think that he's upgraded based off his performance last year from a flex running back to a RB2 for sure. And hell, in some weeks, he's, he could be an RB1. Uh, so I, I knew I needed to either reinvest in Matt Stafford or get a good wide receiver. And, and fortunately, I had an opportunity to spend some money on Julio Jones, and I think it paid off for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, at another guy that, that I was kind of excited to see this week. And I think I, I mistakenly said he was from the Atlanta Falcons, but DeAndre Hopkins from the Cardinals. Uh, that's another big one that, that I think is, is going to serve you well. So the Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins 
kind of core there. I think if they can stay healthy, if they can avoid COVID, or really the other big concern here is being around folks who have COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, And even if they don't get it, they still may be out. But if you can keep that core healthy, I think they can take you pretty far. Uh, And they're they're spread out enough. I haven't looked at bye weeks, but at least they're not on the same team. So bye weeks should be okay there for you. And then, of course, the Ravens defense. I don't know if you're planning on playing matchups, but Ravens D will carry you a lot of the season. Uh, they're they're always good year in and year out. So yeah, absolutely. It's funny with the uh, Ravens defense because I've I've used them before in the past, and they're usually week in week out really really good. And then just out of the blue one week, they will have one week where they just can't stop anybody. It's going to be somebody you can't expect, and I can't explain it. I remember the a couple of years ago they went out to London and played Jacksonville and got like 40 points put on them. And it was just like, what the hell just happened? But outside of that, like they're, they're a pretty good team uh, week in, week out. And uh, just saw them against the Browns this week, and uh, they were formidable. And definitely having that unit together for a while definitely helps them. And if you watched that Thursday night game last week, you know that uh, Houston struggled mightily to block Kansas City. So I expect them to do the same with Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm happy with having that. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the defense that I pick up. I'm, I'm glad I got the Ravens. I, I think that they'll will do well for me. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not going to shy away from dropping a defense to picking up you know, something. Obviously, got to have at least one defense. I think I'm only sitting at one right now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think throughout the year uh, – previous years I will have a tendency to sub them in and out um, as needed in my overall roster uh, rather than the lineup so I, I do think it's a great defense I think that they can they can do well for me in certain weeks but I, I know what you mean Tony I think there definitely will be times where it it might bite me in the ass a little bit. And so I have to be willing to play around with that a little bit. Have you guys heard anything about COVID in the last week from the NFL? You know, the only thing I've really heard about COVID was that they were all wearing those wristbands that were going to track their movements and essentially be able to say, you know, okay, I'm wearing a wristband. Dave's wearing a wristband. We were together for this amount of time on this date so that if I show positive, they can quickly do contact tracing to show, okay, I was with Dave, I was with whoever, I was with whoever, and then everybody can get quarantined. But I really didn't hear much else about it. And we're kind of getting to the point now, the Sunday games, Monday, Tuesday, you know, if anybody spread COVID like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we should start hearing about it. But I, I, my hope, and it might be wishful thinking here is that these guys have taken notes from what MLB did, from what NHL did, from what NBA did. And although they're not in a bubble, hopefully they are isolating themselves as much as possible because I don't think anybody wants to be in a situation like the Marlins were in. And we keep using them because they were the first big story that popped of COVID. But nobody wants to be the Marlins where games are getting canceled and all these guys are getting sick and – you know, and, and I don't even know at this point, you know, we have the, the, the virus appears to be less deadly than it was before. Um, I don't know if it's mutation or, or what it is, 
but it, it's it's being spread, but it's it's not it doesn't seem to at least be as as deadly as it was. So at this point, I'm not sure if the guys are are concerned about the health ramifications as much as the time missed and obviously them spreading it to their families. So I think you're going to see most of the guys and it's going to come, you know, kind of veteran leaders down to to stay away from from the parties and from the nightclubs and a lot of that stuff uh, that, that normally would be happening throughout the season. But I'm a little surprised we haven't heard really anything. Yeah, that's kind of what I noticed. And to me, it's either they have a really good lid on this situation or they're just kind of they've kind of stopped paying attention to it as well so I'm, I'm guessing it's probably the first one but this was kind of the week where i expected to hear some stuff with the teams starting to travel and everything and p- being at a little more at risk to be around people they aren't normally around kind of expected there to be a little bit of covid news that may pop up at this point so it was just a, a ran- random thought that hit me as i as i was looking at dave's roster here and noticed that he has a guy on here who's uh who's opted out of the season on his roster and uh, Marquise Goodwin. Oh man, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> when, just out of curiosity, when, when did he decide to opt out? Just, you know, timeline wise. Uh, a month and a half ago, probably. That but can't it, be right. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just go get Antonio Brown. Yeah, because Antonio Brown's signed now, isn't he? Uh, he's, I don't know if he's signed anywhere, but basically, as soon as, as soon as somebody signs him, he's gonna be <laughs> on suspension. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought I thought he signed. Oh no, 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 no. They finally gave him his suspension, so he suspended eight games. Um. Yep. But does that not start until he's actually on a team? Yes. Hmm. Oh yeah, man! With a team before that clock starts, so. Well, I'm not a dummy. I'm not going to pick up Antonio Brown. <laughs> but you have a guy who's opted out of the season, Dave. He's got. He stands a better chance of playing than Goodwin does. Well, this I'm, year, a, I'm a dummy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to bust your balls about that one. <laughs> Honestly, he probably would have sat on my bench all season if you didn't say anything. Well, now you can go make a waiver move, so improve, improve that bench. There you go. All right. Oh, no, no. Brown's suspension takes effect week one, regardless of whether he's on a roster. Oh, I didn't know that. He could return after week eight if signed, but his suspension could be extended if further violations are found related to an ongoing civil suit in Florida. And that's from... Um, Uh, Nick Shook, NFL writer, uh, and initially reported by Tom Pelissero. So, um, yeah, it looks like Antonio Brown, you know, after his eight-game suspension, would be eligible to be be signed and play. And actually, you know, it's funny the way bye weeks would work. If if he gets signed, because a bye week doesn't count as a suspension week, so... He, if they actually, if a team actually waits for him, who has a bye week within the first eight weeks, you would truly get him for the last eight weeks of the season. Interesting. I guess the last seven or nine weeks of the season. Yeah. So he may actually be able to 
play. play. Yeah. Wow. So, Dave, you have a leg up on him then, because uh, this podcast it probably isn't going to drop until when tomorrow or the day after, Derek. And uh, probably, yeah. Papers go through tonight. You could probably get him for free tomorrow morning for no cost. Tony, I'm pretty sure you also have the advantage of picking up Antonio Brown. Do you think you're going to snag him? Well, Tony, uh, Tony have doesn't have a guy who opted out. <laughs> I don't have a bench spot, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I took a gamble with him uh, last year. Thinking maybe, maybe he'd end up on it. And he did. He ended up on a couple teams, actually. So I, I thought there was some hope he'd end up playing. Uh, I I don't know. I We could probably get into a deep dive with Antonio Brown right now. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think I'll probably look for a different player to fill the, uh, the opt-out void in my team. Uh, but I still beat Kevin, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I don't see. Okay, so let's let's work under the assumption that nothing else is found in the civil suit, and Antonio Brown's suspension ends after eight eight games. I have to imagine he gets signed, right? Like he's he's still an elite talent. He has a lot of garbage off the field. He, he likely need, needed some some help, uh, mental health-wise or, or otherwise. Uh, he's been quiet enough that I'm going to think that he either learned or got the help or something has changed. I have to imagine there's a team who's seeking a Super Bowl, seeking a playoff berth, who signs Antonio Brown week nine, right? I feel like somebody's going to just based on the talent alone. And it might be kind of hard to project who that might be at this point. But once you get to that week nine and you see the injury situations of a lot of teams that are in contention, I think it's going to become very apparent as to which teams might go for him. So if you're looking for the recipe for a team that signs Antonio Brown to actually see him succeed, it's probably going to need to be one that has a veteran coach and a veteran quarterback. I would think like you, you obviously can't pair him uh, with a rookie quarterback or probably even a young quarterback. I know he's been linked quite a bit to the Ravens, but I can't imagine that John Harbaugh and crew would risk uh, soiling the chemistry on that team with Lamar Jackson by bringing in somebody like Antonio Brown. So I really think it's got to be the right coach and the right quarterback to be able to manage that personality. Dallas Cowboys? It uh, could be. They have a pretty nice receiver room right now, but if somebody gets banged up, I could definitely see that happening. He seems like a T.O. kind of guy. Like, I, I I could see Jerry getting real excited, especially if that if the Cowboys are are right about there and just need that last piece. Uh, I, you know, Dak is stable. Mike McCarthy is stable. You know, that – the receiving core, you have Devontae Adams, obviously, but outside of that, it's a little eh. Um, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong team. Um, uh, you have uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, thank you. Oh, man. I, I went Mike McCarthy and I went to the Packers. Um, <laughs> but you have Amari Cooper, uh, but but you're missing, you know, you're missing a, a piece there. 
and I, I think injuries are going to be a big thing too, like you said, Tony. Uh, and certainly, if a if a you know wide receiver number one goes down for a playoff team, I think that becomes instant top contender. Uh, but the question is, is how long do you wait to sign him if you're going to sign him? Because every week that goes by that he gets closer to being done with suspension is another week where you, you run, uh, I think, a higher risk of another team signing him. Uh, so if he's on your on your board, you know, he, he probably isn't going to cost you a ton of money this year just because he's he's pretty damaged goods. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I could definitely see somebody going like week four, week five, taking a, a shot at him at that point, um, especially if they have a big time receiver go down and they're right in the thick of contention at that point and they don't want to risk uh, the the nose going down on the ship at that point. So um, I think it's very possible that some team tries to jump the gun and does it with a couple of weeks left on the suspension and just kind of deals with it. And at that point, you know, AB has to keep his head on straight for – uh, three, four weeks until he can actually suit up. And we'll see if he's able to do that. You know, this, is, this is the longest we've had him quiet. I don't know if his, he finally got some people in his life to take his phone and the social media stuff away from him or if he's actually turning around. I would hope it's the latter, but uh, we'll see if he can keep this up. I, I, I kind of have a different mindset with this whole A-B thing where I don't, I don't think he gets picked up by any team. I, it, the talent was there at one point, but can you confidently say the talent's still there? What has he been doing with his time off the field? Uh, we don't have anything but negative things to reference. Uh, and, and with kind of those, I don't know, those derogatory marks on his resume, you would almost assume he likely isn't staying in shape working out that might that might be a reach maybe he is maybe he isn't but i think if he does get signed it would be and i'll be honest i'm the intern for the reason you guys are probably (laughs) better at calling these sort of things than i am but i i I think if if he does get signed it's gonna be week seven eight or nine and then after that, it would it would I, I don't know what the what the deadline would be to to pick somebody up like him. I know there's a trade trade deadline, but can you just pick somebody up at any point if they're a free agent? Yep. So, yeah. so yeah. if that's the case, then it would it would probably be like you said, like a, a wide receiver one goes down, but we're a bubble team let's snag this guy just to maybe give it a shot. What's the worst that happens? We cut him two days after we sign him. But I, I don't know. I, I think there's too much baggage there. I, I think that would be a tough sell. Uh, you know, if I was a coach, a star player on a team, like a, a quarterback or, or another, you know, big receiver that has good, chemistry with a team trying to bring in somebody like ab uh, i'm not convinced it's going to be an easy sell for any team or any organization uh i'm i'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't come back to the nfl this year and likely ever which is unfortunate i do think he's going through some things that you know 
may or may not be within his control. But uh, I don't think we see him suit up this year. I think to your point, if, if he's signed, it's after a lot of homework is done on the part of a team to, A, is he in shape? Because that, that's a big – we haven't seen him play. At the end of the day, how many, what, he played one, two games last year? Was it just the one game with the Patriots? Just, yeah. just the one game, yep. Yeah. So he has one game last year that he's played in. Uh, you know, he, he has had all the off-the-field issues. He had the, the very public drama – you know, with the helmet and and all of that. So there's a lot of baggage there that, and, and your homework has to be done to know who is coming into your, to your team, to your locker room. Cause to your point, I agree with you. You know, he, he, he hasn't been going, he's had all this other, other issues. I guess from my standpoint, it's assuming that all of that lines up and is, is appropriate for a team to sign him. But the the trick is that his upside is elite. And rarely do we have somebody with the upside as high as it is for an Antonio Brown not on a roster. You know, we talk about Gronk wasn't on a, a roster last year. Like, Gronk in his prime wasn't, I don't think, anywhere near Antonio Brown uh, in his prime, which appears to be now for him. So the upside is so high that if he's in shape, if he's getting his life straightened out, all of those other things that happen are essentially like, well, as long as you win, nobody cares about that because he can take a team really, really far with, with the right other pieces around him. But I, to your point also, if I was a quarterback, if I was a veteran in the locker room, I would have major questions about what, who are we bringing in because he has the potential to be very toxic. Sure. No, nothing, Tony. Great analysis. Sorry, I just got dinner. (laughs) And it's. (laughs) What'd you get? Uh, It's chicken tortilla soup. And. That's it. That does sound like honey soup. Is it? Is it chunky? Like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) There's some (laughs) sustenance. Yes, there's plenty of substance. Is that homemade? Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. All right, I'm on board. I'll All take right, a yeah. bowl. I was just like. All right, coming right up. But yeah, off, off your point, Derek, the the talent usually wins out in this league. That's why I, I think there's going to be a place for him, and it's just at that point whether or not he can hold down the spot. And I think we've seen enough in the last couple of years to really question whether he can do that. Well, it's dinner. It's twenty to ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's bedtime, man. We got dinner. See, Dave's hungry. He's in. Why well, is he not hungry? I'm just, damn, it's late. Second dinner. So, yeah, second dinner, third dinner. Uh, that's first dinner. When, when was lunch? Noon. 6 p.m. <laughs> wow. Is this yeah. frequent or is this like a weird night? No, this is a weird night. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. Like if I don't eat by like seven, like it's not good times. <laughs> Drop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Such. 
All right. Well, since it is almost 10 o'clock, I say we get into our final segment here. <laughs> Let's go to the conference call. And uh, with this, we'll start with you, Tony, since you're eating. We'll give you a, a break here. But we see Tony Perenni's. We see Tony Perenni's Pretoria FC going up against Vince Gorgonzola's Scott's Tots. This is going to be a close game. Now, I should say we're doing this on Tuesday evening, so if uh, if you're upset that you haven't got a chance to, to claim your waiver picks and pick up your, your uh, free agents and, and all of that, you know, sorry that we, we went before you here. But with the rosters as they're set right now, Tony has the victory projection 127 to 121 with a lot of check marks on Tony's side there. We're expecting a big game out of Lamar Jackson going up against the Houston Texans defense projected at 23.3. And Alvin Kamara, 19.6, going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. On the other side, you know, Pat Mahomes projected 20.6 for for Gorgonzola. Uh, Adam Thielen, George Kittle both projected in the 15 range. So a 6.1 point spread. As we look towards the the benches here, nobody really standing out too much. Uh, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, is questionable for Vince. And, uh, Tony, nobody really jumping out at me on your bench. So, uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Who do you think wins between Tony and Vince? Well, you, you guys know how they say it, it's nothing personal. Um, the fact that Tony picked me to lose last week, this is personal. I'm going to pick Vince Scott's tots wins by a slim margin over Pretoria FC. Yeah. I got to tell you, Dave, I like that pick. Um, (laughs) I'm going to join you in it mostly because my hope is that Tony goes from being the top projected team to not making the playoffs, uh, which I recall was that was that the situation last year, Tony? I feel like you were projected to do really well and then shit the bet most of the season. I should have just kept eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why'd man. I stop eating dinner for this? <laughs> it sounds like yes. Yep, that yep, that is that is what's gonna happen year. again. Moving on here. We go to Mike Engine Thrones. Bonnie McMurray is projected to get the victory over Steve Gruber's crappily named Inspector Space Time, 127.9 to 122.6. Mike expecting big games out of Deshaun Watson, just under 20 points. And really, we're, we're seeing a very solid projection for Mike. Nobody's jumping out. Nobody's projected at 20 points, but almost everybody's projected in the teens. As we look across to Gruber's squad, we see uh, big expectations out of Dak Prescott at 20.4, Saquon Barkley at 20.1 going up against the Chicago defense, and Devontae Adams 18.9 going against Detroit. So a 5.3-point spread, another narrow margin here. Dave, who gets the victory? Ooh, man, this is a tough call. I think, man, Saquon Barkley's got a, a tough matchup. I think going against 
Chicago. And and he did not perform. I was hoping he'd have kind of like a bounce back week, but I, I'm not sure if that's the case. Uh, man, I hate to do it, but it's just such a terrible team name. So I I think Steve starts the season off 0-2, which would be unheard of in this league, uh, I guess except for season one. But besides that, I think I think Mike's starting off on the right foot. He's going to find himself 2-0 uh, going into uh, another matchup week three. And, uh, and Steve, unfortunately, will probably start tinkering with his lineup like he usually does and and trying to make some changes to fit his team uh, and suit him up better for uh, a victory moving forward. Yeah, the big question mark for me here is Saquon Barkley. What happens in this bounce back game after you know only the twelve point six points, only six yards? Yeah, that that's going to be the big question to me. And if Saquon has a big game, I think Steve wins. And if Saquon has a mediocre to, if it's anything like last week, I think. He's definitely going to lose. Uh, so call it wishful thinking. I'm with you. I'm going to pick Mike in this one uh, to take the projection. I think it's going to be close. 5.3 points sounds about right. Uh, so it definitely would be less than 10. <clears throat> but I'm going to go with Bonnie McMurray to get the victory this week. Tony, is this a clean sweep or are you going on the side of Inspector Space Time? That would be wild for Steve to start out the season 0-2. I don't think we've seen that since the uh, year he tanked out and we uh, ended up having to institute a punishment. So that'd be be a blast from the past there. Uh, Looking at these rosters, though, there's a lot of juicy matchups on Steve's side. Dak going against Atlanta. Joe Mixon going against the Browns. That Saquon matchup against the Bears, I could really see going either way. The Bears defense kind of has two faces to it. Um, and Daniel Jones looked like a legitimate quarterback this past week against Pittsburgh. It was against a good defense, but I, he, he stood in there and made some big-time throws. So I think there's going to be some opportunities for Saquon. Uh, DJ Moore, I think he could get a decent amount of points because uh, Tampa might win that game by like 40, so Carolina's going to be throwing quite a bit. Adams going against Detroit. I just... Looking down the line, I like most of the matchups there. And looking on Mike's side, I don't love Deshaun Watson against Baltimore. Uh, I'm really unsure about Dalvin Cook against Indy. Really on both sides of that. You got Cook against Indy, and then on the other side of the field, you have Taylor against Minnesota. I don't think either of those defenses are going to play as bad as they did week one. Um, And you got Stephon Diggs going up against Byron Jones in, uh, in Miami, in Florida. Uh, which teams don't typically travel real well down there. I'm going to go with Steve to prove you guys wrong and to get his first win of the season. I don't think Mike starts out his Emmy given Sunday league career two and Oh, Bonnie McMurray. Bonnie McMurray. <laughs> we'll see Tony. We'll see moving on here. Uh, Tim Taft's Chris Hogan's heroes projected to get the win 119 to 97.5 over Tyler Kerr's saved by LaBelle. Tim looking to get a pretty good game again out of Josh Allen going up against Miami. Otherwise, another story of a solid week 
from the rest of his roster. Interestingly, Tom Brady's projected 20.8 on the bench. So it's going to be a tough call there for him. Whether he wants to play Josh Allen or Tom Brady. Going to the other side here, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Le'Veon Bell now on IR. So currently still in the starting roster for Ty. Again, it's only Tuesday. But looking at his current running backs to cover, because uh, in, well, in his flex spot he has Leonard Fournette with eight. Uh, so he, he may put a wide receiver in the flex and move Fournette up. But either way, only eight points out of Fournette on his bench, Matt Breida, LaShawn McCoy. So not a real solid backup here for Le'Veon Bell. And this is this is the risk that Ty runs here. He doesn't have a real deep roster. So injuries like this are going to hurt him. Uh, so really no major games from anybody. Matt Ryan, 18.1. David Johnson, 16.1. So he's going to need a big showing from one or more people, as well as some underperformances on Tim's side. Uh, Dave, who uh, who do you think takes this? Yeah, I think it's hard to go against Tim in this matchup. He did pretty well week one. And, uh, you know, he's got at least as of now a uh, you know, nearly 25 point spread here going up against Ty. I, I just think that uh, Ty's going to have a hard time filling that void. So I'm, I'm confident going with Chris Hogan's heroes for the win. Tim Taft 2-0. and I'll go with you here. I gave most of my uh, projection as I as I set the game up. So I'm with you here. I'm going Chris Hogan's heroes. Tony? I think this one might be a sweep for me. Um, I just, I'm just looking at Ty's roster here. Le'Veon obviously out. I don't see a real clear option for plugging in there. I think it's going to have to be Fournette. And, uh, you know, he's part of a committee, so you really don't know what to expect from him. Uh Got to think there's some waiver moves coming from Ty this week. So this lineup could look very different than it does right now. But even some of the check marks he has here, David Johnson going against Baltimore. That Baltimore defense is very good at taking away what you do best. And if last week's game against KC is any indication, what Houston did best was run the ball. So I I can't imagine that Johnson is going to go off this week. Uh, Robert Woods could put up a pretty good game. Cooper could put up a pretty good game. But outside of the rest of that, there's a lot of uh, what ifs. I think Tim starts the season 2-0. This is a territory he hasn't been in for a couple of years now. But uh took him a while to get back here. But I think he does. Moving on here. We have a very close game projected between Kevin Hewlett's Jump the Chark. At 0-1 versus 1-0, Kalen King's Bob Roethlisberger's. Kalen projected to take this one 124.1 to 123.5. Those doing the quick math at home, only a 0.6 point spread there. Kevin getting uh, expected big games out of Derrick Henry, Russell Wilson, Chris Godwin. On the other side, Kalen looking to Ezekiel Elliott. Travis Kelsey and Josh Jacobs for big games. So it, it, this is a tight one here, Dave. Who are you? Uh, who are you picking? Yeah, I think this one's a toss-up. You might as well flip a coin. Since I don't have a coin on me, I'm going to go with the team name that I vote as the best in the league, 
It was a little bit late, but Bob's Roethlisberger's is by far my favorite team name. Kalen, you get the nod. Kevin, no offense. I, you know, I just, it's a really good team name. So good luck to both of you. But I, I think, I think Kalen sneaks this one out just barely. You know, I, I love, I love Kalen's team name. I think Bob's Roethlisberger's is a, is a great play on, on his quarterback. You know, Bob's Burgers, a great show. However, my issue is with this logo. And Caitlin, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but this is the same logo you 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 used last year. And uh, you know, we've we've changed things in our in our league the way we present this podcast just for the sake of not being the same as last year. And to take the lazy way out and just do the same logo as last year. Uh, or one that looks close enough to the same one as last year that I'm just calling it the same as last year. Like, I'm going to need more out of you, Kalen. So uh, I, I understand, Dave, that you, you think that's the best uh, it's the best name in this league. I, I actually think Jump the Chark is the best name in the league because of that, that reference, the Happy Days, plus just the overall sitcom reference. I think it's witty. I love Kevin's name here. I'm with you, though. The football side is a complete toss-up, flip a coin. So that's why we're going to team names and logos. So I'm going to go opposite of you here. I'm taking Kevin Hulix, jump the chunk. Tony, give us the uh, the football side of, of who's going to win. <laughs> well, it's a rough life for Kalen. Last week he gets picked against because his team name hasn't changed. This week he gets picked against because his logo hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if he fixed both of those, we can actually talk some football next week. But uh Looking at the actual rosters here, uh, both teams have some pretty good matchups. I don't like Kevin's matchup, Russell Wilson against New England. That secondary is for real in New England. Even with some of the opt-outs they've had in the front seven, the back seven still can lock down a lot of guys. So I think it's going to be tough sledding for for Russ out there. On the flip side, Derrick Henry can usually run for as many yards as he wants against Jacksonville. But he also, but Kevin also has that James Conner injury he's got to worry about. So he's going to have to plug in another running back. Uh, Kalen's got some good matchups over there. Roethlisberger gets to play at home for the first time since early last season against Denver. Uh, Denver's pretty, pretty good defense, but Pittsburgh usually puts up some pretty good points at home. Nick Chubb should have a pretty good rushing game against Cincinnati this week who struggles against the run. Zeke against Atlanta should be a lot of yards. I'm going to give the nod to Kalen, despite his logo. I think he goes to two. Moving on here in our game of the week, presented by Sacred Heart Hospital of the show Scrubs. Dave, we see your team, the Lil Sebastians, going up against uh, Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge. And Dave, you're projected to get a pretty good victory here, my friend. Uh Big games out of Christian McCaffrey, 22.7. Drew Brees, 18.4. And the rest of your squad looking like they're going to have solid games, at least by the projection. The only spot you're not getting the check mark is in the flex spot. Will Fuller expected to outproduce Christian Kirk. So nearly a 20-point spread here. As we look to the benches, uh, I can see Charlie subbing in Kyler Murray for Cam Newton potentially, but that's not a that's not a sure thing. Michael Thomas is doubtful, so we'll see. I, I that's on that's on Charlie's bench, so I, I don't foresee Michael Thomas getting the nod there over 
either Mike Evans or Marquise Brown. So, Dave, I think you're going to you're going to cruise to victory here. Uh, I'm picking you in this one. What are your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Honestly, as long as my team stays healthy, I, I feel like I can keep up with the best of them. So I'm going to keep riding that out, and hopefully uh, I don't get hit by the classic perenni injury bug. Uh, and if that's the case, I, I like the way uh, my team's going to perform throughout the season. And as far as I'm concerned, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Tony, who you got? Guys, let me start with this soup is fantastic. So <laughs> you me for it like that. It, you're missing out. <laughs> Secondly, for the game of the week, uh, Dave, congratulations on getting to the game of the week here. It's the big one against Charlie, who's a, who's a pretty formidable player in our league after one season. Last year, he was known for making some unorthodox picks with his roster, putting in some guys that were projected lower uh, than some of the starters and putting them in there and they would pay off for them or sometimes they wouldn't, but you really didn't know what to expect from them on a week to week basis. And this week is no different, really. Um, looking at that roster, he's got a hit with a lot of adversity right now. He's getting hit with injuries. All of his running backs right now are part of uh, a tandem. So it's really a guessing game as to whether they're going to get a lot of carries. The one lone green check mark he has there, Will Fuller, I don't feel that great about going up against Baltimore. He's going to get Marlon Humphrey all game long. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him, and I think there's a lot of good matchups for Dave. So, Dave, I know you tried to make things personal on the other side. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm picking you, so truce. <laughs> truce. And that will do it for our conference call. Dave, thank you for joining us and uh, appreciate all the work you do as intern. Uh, we can't pay you, but, uh, you know, at least you, uh, you know, you get a nice thank you at the end of it. So I hope that makes it all worth it. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Grab yourself a cigar, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It was nice to also be here to christen the Frosty Studio. Uh, very cozy, very nice setup, and I look forward to uh, joining you guys again in the future. All right. That'll do it for another episode of the now Frosty and Parenti podcast. On behalf of Tony Parenti, I'm Derek Frost. We appreciate you listening. Special thanks to Dave Peschian and Vince Gorgonzola. You know, we are presented by Steel Valley Media. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Vince, take it away. <laughs>